Qala, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Idhab, go away. Go. When do you tell somebody, go away? When do you expel them? When they're not welcome anymore. Right? So idhab, go. You're not welcome over here. And also go, as in go do whatever you want. You are granted respite. Now go and do your best. You have the permission. You will not die until the day of judgment. Go ahead and do what you want. Lead mankind astray. Wage your war against them. فَمَن تَبِعَكَ مِنْهُمْ So whoever follows you amongst them, and how many ever they may be. فَإِنَّ جَهَنَّمْ Then indeed hellfire. جَزَاؤُكُمْ It is the recompense for all of you. Look at the word kum. It's not ka. Ka is singular. And kum is plural. Jahannam is going to be recompense for all of you. What kind of recompense? Jaza that is mawfura. That is ample. Mawfur is from wafara, wafara. Wafara means to be full, complete, whole, entire. So mawfur, that which is complete and full. That which is ample, abundant. Meaning, go ahead and lead as many of mankind that you want to. Lead them astray. Take charge over them. Make them your servants. And the outcome, what is that going to be for all of you? Hellfire. And know that hellfire is not going to fall short. There is plenty of room. There is plenty of punishment for all those who follow shaitan. So in other words, he's being told, bring as many as you want with you. Hell is vast. In fact, it is so vast that despite the fact that majority of people are going to fall in hellfire, in hadith we learn that when the people will be crossing the bridge, the surat which is placed over hellfire, people will fall down from the bridge into hellfire like moths. Moths. Like in great numbers, they'll fall, fall, fall. But hellfire, it will say, هَلْ مِنْ are there any more people? Are there any more people? Meaning there's still so much room, so much space that's not occupied yet. Send more people into hellfire. And it will not stop until Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will place His foot onto hellfire and that will cause hell to shrink. It will cause hell to shrink. And then hell will be quiet. This is the reality of hellfire. It is jaza'am mawfura. Why did Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala say this? To show that you cannot do any harm to Allah. You lead a thousand people astray. You lead more people astray. Go ahead. There's plenty of room in hellfire. Surah Sa'ad, ayah 84-85. قَالَ فَالْحَقُّ وَالْحَقَّ أَقُولُ لَأَمْلَأَنَّ جَهَنَّمَ مِنْكَ وَمِمَّنْ تَبِعَكَ مِنْهُمْ أَجْمَعِينَ that I will surely fill hell with you and those of them that follow you altogether. Iblis and all his followers. What's their destination? Hellfire. Are they going to harm Allah at all? No way. Wastafziz. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, Wastafziz. Don't just stop there. You say, You said that you're going to take control over them. Go ahead and do it. And you know what? Also, istafziz. Incite to senselessness. Manistata'ta minhum. Whoever that you can among them. How? Bisautik with your voice. Meaning drive them crazy with your voice. Drive them to madness with your voice. Shake them. Unsettle them. So that they don't even remain sane. 
with your voice. Has it ever happened with you that you're trying to do something and someone is calling out your name once, twice, thrice, again and again and again and you're trying to ignore them, focus on your work, but they keep calling you, keep calling you, keep calling you. What happens? Do you feel like you've been driven to madness? It shows by your reaction. This is exactly what shaitan does. He comes and does waswasa. Not once. Again and again, 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 until he drives a person crazy. So that a person does things, such things that humiliate him. Wastafzis is from the root letters, fazayzay. Faz. And faz is to startle someone. Frighten them. And when someone gets frightened, when you startle them, what will happen? Will they move? Yes. Sometimes they will jump up. Sometimes they will run off. They will run away. So this is what fuzz is. Istafazza is to provoke someone, to incite them. Like keep poking them, poking them, poking them until they end up doing something and saying something. Fazza fulanun an mawdi'ihi. Fazza fulanun an mawdi'ihi. It means that so and so, he disturbed someone. Disturbed them. Frightened them. Unsettled them to the point that they forced them to move away. You know, for example, you're sitting somewhere and somebody comes and sits next to you. And they say something really annoying. And then they do something really annoying. So what happens? Will you remain sitting? If it's a total stranger, you'll get up and go away. Why? Because you're terrified. You're scared. This is what fuzz is. Istafazza. That they did something to you, harassed you to the point that you moved from your place. You got up and you left. You were so determined in your place, you paid for that seat. You came early to get that seat. But what happened? They came and disturbed you and harassed you to the point that you gave it up and you went away. This is what istafazza is. It is also used for when a person finds another light. Meaning light in the sense that they're not firm about what they believe and what they think and what they do. So to find someone light and provoke them. Move them to foolishness. Move them towards wrong conduct. So wastafzis, go ahead and incite to senselessness manistata'ta minhum, whoever that you can amongst mankind. But how bisautik, with your voice, meaning use your voice to startle people, to frighten them, to move them, to provoke them, so that they lose their stability and they obey you. وَاسْتَفْزِزْ مَنِ اسْتَطَعْتَ مِنْهُمْ بِصَوْتِكَ Now the question is, what is this voice of shaitan? Does shaitan actually come and talk to people? Yes, he does. Waswasa? What is waswasa? Does it come just once? No. What happens? For example, you're sitting. Evil thought comes into your mind. You say, أَعُذْ بِلَا مِشْلَانَ جِمْ And you continue with your work. Is it over? No, that thought is going to come again. And it's going to come again. And it's going to come again. To the point that you lose your firm ground. You were so firm about not doing something, not saying something. He moved you. He provoked you. Through his constant waswasa. Sawt. Then sawt doesn't just refer to Iblis's waswasa or shaitan's waswasa. But also, when shaitan sends or he talks to us, he addresses us through others. 
Sometimes through people. Alright? Sometimes through something else. Like for example, you're about to pray your salah. And a friend comes and says, Oh, don't pray right now. It's okay. We'll pray later on. There's plenty of time. And then after half an hour, you're like, No, no, there's only 30 minutes left to also time. I better pray right now. No, no, it's okay. We'll just, come on, come on. Just talk to me right now. So this voice of your friend, what happened? It moved you from your salah. Didn't it? You were angry. Somebody's talking to you. And you tell yourself, I'm not going to yell back at them. I'm not going to respond to them in a negative way. But what happens? This voice in your head, say something. You're not that weak. Or the other person says to you, answer me. Why are you so quiet? Huh? So, بصوتك. So remember that the voice over here doesn't just refer to the waswasa. Ibn Abbas, he said, every form of invitation which calls to disobedience to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Every form of invitation, whether it is through a voice, or written, or a slogan, that is said over and over again, that calls, essentially, what is it calling to? Disobedience to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Do we hear such calls? Like what? <laughs> you only live once. So do it. Right? What else do we hear that provokes us to sin, to disobedience? Hmm? Yeah, just do it this one time. It's okay. Allah will forgive. Just do it this one time and never do it again. Just do tawbah afterwards. Everyone is doing it. And you see in advertisement what happens. When things are being advertised, you're being made to believe basically that this is the solution to all your problems. Once you will eat this cereal, your life will become perfect. Once you buy this car, everything will be amazing. Right? Or once you buy this mascara, and you put it on, and you apply this makeup, you'll be the most beautiful person walking on this planet earth. Hmm? So, all of these are what? The call of shaitan. I'm not saying that it's not okay to wear mascara, but when you're being provoked and encouraged to wear makeup in public for instance, alright? Or to get something that you cannot afford through a haram means, then that is a problem. That is a call to disobedience. So, وَاسْتَفْسِزْ مَنِ اسْتَطَعْتَ مِنْهُمْ The voice of shaitan is not limited to this. According to many scholars, many tabi'een, al-Bahak, Mujahid, Hassan al-Basri, al-Suyuti, they said that the voice of shaitan refers to al-Ghina wal-Mazamir. What is al-Ghina? Singing. And what is al-Mazamir? Musical instruments. So the voice of shaitan was understood as singing that is not appropriate. Okay, meaning the words are not appropriate that are incorrect, either they have words of shirk in them, or words that are very provocative, indecent language, violent, you understand? That is accompanied with music. Alright? That is accompanied with music, musical instruments. Like for example, a wind instrument, for instance. Now if you think about it, when you hear music, does that let you remain, sit in one place? What happens? It moves you. In fact, you're told, move and shake and so on and so forth. Right? It's amazing how people will listen to music and their 
head doesn't remain still and their shoulders don't remain still and their legs don't remain still even foot what happens to it tap 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 with the sound of music fingers people start snapping them hands people start clapping shoulders what happens to them i mean this is what you're told right move 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 so music the sound of music was tafsis it shakes a person it doesn't let him remain still and not just that when you hear music so for example you go to the mall early in the morning 9:30 in the morning okay and the music is not even on what will happen you will shop very slowly and slowly but if you go in the evening and the music is so loud what will happen you'll shop faster isn't it you'll walk faster what else does it stir what else does music stir arouse in a person sexual desire because many times the content the wordings are they very decent and appropriate they're far from appropriate what was considered indecent is considered normal now what was considered to be porn is considered normal now right so it arouses in a person sexual desire likewise sometimes certain words and the way the music is being played that particular genre what it does is it makes a person feel sad and lonely so much so that a person will start crying because they heard such a sad song huh likewise it makes people violent and abusive they're screaming at the top of their lungs because the thing is that music what does it do it doesn't just affect one part of the brain when you're listening to music it's not just your right side of the brain or your left side of the brain or the front part of your brain that's that's getting affected it's your entire brain that is being affected by the sound of music and music is not just heard it's actually experienced which is why it shakes our emotions it brings back memories it makes you think sometimes about things that are not appropriate it doesn't let you sit in one place this is why some people have to listen to music in order to work out why why are they listening to music in order to work out because it makes them move faster 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 creates this hype so what stuffs is man istata minhum bisautik that the thing is that music definitely has an effect on the heart it does it can have a positive effect but it definitely has a negative effect all right positive effect people say it might be good for your health music therapy all right listening to particular type of music it can make you smarter apparently i don't know how but it does somehow hmm? okay you can argue that it has benefits in it for the sake of argument however just like alcohol what do we learn it has manafir but there is also ism there is also harm and the harm is greater than the benefit If you think about it music is it just musical instruments the sound is it just the sound no with the sound comes lyrics with the lyrics what else comes people what else comes darkness what else comes drugs if you think about music industry and just recall the names of famous singers what's going on in their lives abuse what else drugs too many girls and too many boys and too much nakedness and too much fuhsh it's just too vulgar it's so vulgar that i cannot even talk about it 
It's so vulgar that if I wanted to show you a video right now to tell you about the effect of music, I couldn't find even one. Because there's horrible, dirty, filthy scenes. This is how dirty it is. And you know what I'm talking about. You live in this world just like I do. So music is a whole culture. Many people argue, well, you know what, music is okay. Don't say it's haram. It's a part of human life. It's always existed. You know, people express their emotions through it. Singing is for sure. Singing is a way of expressing yourself. Poetry is something that has a big part in our religion. However, remember that singing, when it accompanies music, when it's without the remembrance of Allah, then it's a whole dirty culture. That is a very slippery slope. That takes a person literally to insanity. What happens sometimes that people are listening to music, it's so loud, they're sitting in their car, so loud that they need it to be louder and louder and louder. So much so that even if you are 10 cars away from them, still you will hear it and your car will shake. In fact, you will shake. I mean, it can impair your hearing. It can disturb your brain. The soul is never satisfied listening to music. You can listen to one song after the other, after the other, after the other. Will you be satisfied? No. It can never bring satisfaction to the heart. You will go crazy screaming at the top of your lungs and you will go crazy listening, listening, listening. Your head will hurt, but you will not be satisfied listening to music. Is it true? Does it happen? What happens to people in concerts? They're listening and getting drunk and losing their hearing and going crazy basically. What happens to people in clubs as they're listening to music? It makes them more and more hyper and make decisions which are really you know, bad for them. Whether it is making a friend or going out with a friend or drinking something or eating something. I mean, it's a way of getting a person into more and more wrong. Because it plays with your brain. It plays with your heart. But you know what? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave us something that is much better for the heart. And what is that? The Qur'an. Let the Qur'an shake your heart. Stir your feelings and your emotions and touch it. Let the Qur'an seep in. Because Qur'an is ruh. It is life for the heart. Music is not life for the heart. It shakes the heart, but not to make the heart live on. Only to kill it. Exactly. I mean, recitation of the Qur'an, listening to the Qur'an, this is what brings sukoon. This is why in the hadith, what do we learn? The dua that the Prophet ﷺ taught that man, أَن تَجْعَلَ الْقُرْآنَ رَبِيعَ الصَّدْرِ A friend of mine was on the phone with me once when my brother was reciting. And afterwards she asked me about it. She's like, what, are, what was he singing? And she's non-Muslim and she had no idea what it was. And she's like, it was so beautiful. Like, just that small portion that she had heard, she's like, it was just so calming and like relaxing. She's like, it was just the most beautiful singing that I've ever heard. <laughs> like, because it reaches the heart, right? Ibn al-Qayyim, he said that singing, and what I mean by singing over here is both al-ghina wal-mazamir. Alright? Singing with music. He said, singing is the Qur'an of shaitan. What does that mean? It's the way he reaches your heart. It's the medium that he uses to get into your heart. To take a deep place in your life. To guide you, to control you. To lead you. To stir you. Singing is the Qur'an of shaitan. 
He said, it is a dense veil and barrier preventing nearness to Ar-Rahman. It's a thick veil, a thick barrier that is going to prevent you from drawing close to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He said, know that song has particular characteristics which faint the heart. Singing and music, it has these particular qualities that what effect do they have on the heart? They cause the heart to die, become sick and ill. Causing hypocrisy to grow therein. Just as water causes plants to grow. Water will cause plants to grow, right? But singing and music, what effect does that have on your heart? It causes hypocrisy to grow. Among its qualities is that it distracts the heart. Music, singing, what does it do? Distracts the heart and prevents it from contemplation and understanding of the Qur'an and from applying it. Why? Because the Qur'an and singing, music, they can never coexist in the same heart. Why? Because they're completely opposite. They're completely contradictory. Because the Qur'an forbids us from pursuing our desires. Tells us to restrain the soul, to control the desire, to control the temptations to evil. But music and singing on the other hand, they encourage the very opposite of these virtues. And what is that? Music and singing excites the hidden inner self. And it entices the soul. It drives it towards every shameful desire. Isn't it? He said it so perfectly, so beautifully. Summarized everything about music and the Qur'an. I just want to ask about like, um, yes we know that music and any wording that stir the emotions or provoke the feelings in us, that is wrong. And uh, on the second hand, the good thing is that reciting Qur'an and doing Allah, that is something completely opposite to each other. But what about blending these two things? Because these days it's happening so commonly. Recently I came across, I actually happened to see a video on YouTube about like a concert in which there, I mean there are many singers like that now who just say Zikrallah, Rabbi Jalallah or like um, Darood with the music. And that concert with all the orchestra, with all the instrument and people were, they were just moving with the music and everything. Just the wording was different. It was such a, you know, kind of heart mismatch, okay. honestly. Yeah. And, and it I touches the heart even, also. Yeah, exactly. It moves I, your heart. It's a very serious matter. Like, I didn't like it at all, and I stopped the video right there. But all the youth and people, they are quite impressed by that, yeah. and they are enjoying it. Yeah. So this is not something new. In fact, this is something that happened in the past as well, where certain Sufis, what they did was that they would play music, and at the same time, uh, sing the dhikr of Allah. Now apparently it looks really good that you're listening to certain sounds that will stir your emotions, that will cause your heart to become more conscious and awake and alert. But you're not saying any obscene words, any wrong words, you're doing dhikr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But the thing is that the Prophet ﷺ, he said something that we must remember. And that is that there is nothing that draws you close to Jannah except that I have told you about it. I have ordered you with it. And there is nothing that draws you closer to hellfire except that I have forbidden you from it. Did music exist at the time of the Prophet ﷺ? It did. 
However, did he entertain such gatherings for his companions? No. How is it that they moved their hearts? With the recitation of the Qur'an. By listening to the Qur'an. And that is sufficient. Because you know what it is? What happens is that a person says, Oh, it's just a nasheed. The words are so nice. You know, that I listen to this nasheed and it really boosts my iman. But yeah, there is music in the background. So what happens is that you get accustomed to listening to music. When you will get accustomed to listening to music, then what will happen? You will listen to something else with the same sounds of music but with different words and you won't have that much of a problem with that. So you see, with the sound of music, what happens? It begins with something good, but it leads you to something that is bad, something that is evil. Because the thing is that the Qur'an is such that a surah, you recite it 50 times, you recite it 100 times, you recite it 1000 times in your life, you can recite it again. But music, because it's the words of human beings, right? What happens is that you will listen to it a few times, then you want something new. Why is it that they're always coming up with new albums? Why? New songs. Why? Because there is a demand. People want more. People want new. They get bored of what they've been listening to. So you listen to music that apparently has a good form. However, it will lead you to music that has a bad form. Go ahead. Yeah. And singing, remember, it is not forbidden. At the time of the Prophet ﷺ, we learn of many occasions where people were singing and he did not stop them. In Bukhari, we learned that once on Eid day, the Prophet ﷺ, he came home and Aisha anha was there and these two little girls, they were singing. Okay. So the Prophet ﷺ, he came, he lied down and he turned his face towards the other side, meaning he was not looking at the girls. Young girls, perhaps he wasn't interested. But at the same time, he did not stop them from singing. They continued to sing for Aisha anha. Abu Bakr who came in. And he said, the voice of shaitan, tools of shaitan in the house of Rasulullah. So basically he was upset with his daughter. That what are you doing here? The Prophet ﷺ is here and you are making these girls sing. The Prophet ﷺ said, leave them. This is Eid. Let them celebrate. Let them have fun. So Abu Bakr he didn't say anything. So as soon as he turned, you know, he got busy with something else, Aisha anha nudged those girls to tell them, go away quickly before you're told off. So what do we learn? That girls were singing. The content was okay. It was appropriate. There was no music. He let them sing. He did not stop them. So singing in itself is not a problem. What is a problem? When it comes with the sound of music and when it comes with, I mean, words that are inappropriate. Yes. You know how you mentioned Sorry. earlier that, what's it called, music influences you so much, the words in it, like, you know, makes you believe and stuff. Last year, my manager happened to go to a concert that happened here, a pretty big concert, and during the concert, the singer was like, I'm God, and everybody's like, yeah, and it was, and she was like, people believe. And that's how they start to believe, and that's how they start negating everything else, except making that one person into God and just worshiping and stuff. Yeah. Can you imagine? And, I mean, if you think about it, little children even, are they spared from music? Shaitan doesn't spare them either. Abdullah ibn Umar once, he went to the marketplace and he passed by a little girl who was singing. And her singing must have not been appropriate. Which is why ibn Umar who said that if Shaitan would have left anyone, he would have left this girl. But he didn't even leave her. 
And it's amazing how little kids, what will happen to them? Just because they sang a song, all of a sudden become so famous and then they're recruited by someone and then they are given so much money and then they're encouraged to sing more and more and more until they make a mess of their lives. Don't we have so many examples of this? How music culture has literally destroyed children. Children. I'm talking about young children who've barely grown a mustache. Seriously. What happens to them? What happens to their behavior? So arrogant, they lose their innocence and the kind of words they're singing, the way they're acting and the way they're moving in front of public, they're moving their body. Does that even look decent? People lose all sense of decency. Aisha? Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah. I just want to share one thing that some of the mental diseases are related to shaitan and jinn. And so in order to overcome them, not only you need medication, but you need Quranic meditation. So one of the Quranic therapists, you can say, suggested that the person not only has to listen to Quran like just walking, but has to listen through the headphones. Because it has a different impact on a person when he's listening through the headphones. Like then going directly in the ear. Yes, okay. then listening randomly. So same goes for the music. So if that person listens to the music like once and heard Quran like 40 days or whatever, it changes everything. Yes. Because music is a barrier between a servant and Allah. Quran is the connection and music is the barrier. And they're completely opposite. And I, sorry, I just wanted to say one more thing that one thing that as parents we need to remember that in public schools the children have to face this. And now they have made this kind of rule there that you can't avoid music classes because they cannot afford to have someone else look after the two children they are not taking. So we need to keep that in mind as well, you know. And you know like I was saying that music, when you get accustomed to that sound, then it's okay for you. And then when you hear it really loud on TV or with some indecent words, it doesn't bother you that much. We have to become really sensitive to the sound and not allow ourselves to listen to it. I mean, there are situations where you don't have any control. But you do have control over the television. That when it's only music that's playing, can we not put it on low? What is going in our children's ears? What are they listening to? Poor, innocent children. Their minds are being corrupted. Their fitra is being destroyed when they're being exposed to music over and over again. And it's amazing how kids' toys, kids' books, apps, videos, full of music. Full of music. You know, sometimes I'm amazed at the kind of gifts that people give to little kids. A toy that will play music. Wow, and the kid will be distracted by it. You know, when I had my kids and sometimes, you know, you, you receive gifts. Honestly, so many gifts, music, full of music. And they're sitting in my house because I don't know what to do with them. I don't want to give it to my kids. I don't want to give it to another child. I don't want to give it in donation. I don't want to give it in charity. I just want to break it and throw it. Because it has music in it. Children are listening to music on TV, in innocent cartoons, singing with music and dancing and moving with music. Why? Why can we not be creative and find alternates? Why not? Everything is like, you know, overcome with music. Now, we think that music is okay and we want to legitimize it just because it's very common. And there are people who will say that, oh, but it's not haram, right? It's not haram. 
The Prophet said, From among my followers will be some people who will consider illegal sexual intercourse, the wearing of silk, the drinking of alcoholic drinks, and the use of musical instruments as lawful. And this is hadith in Bukhari. I think this hadith is sufficient. Isn't it? I mean, you could argue the voice of shaitan is not just music, it's also every call to disobedience. But if the Prophet ﷺ is warning us that there will be people who are going to try to prove that music is lawful, what does that tell us? Is it lawful? It's not lawful. It's something that is part of this world. And it will continue to be, sadly. It's there. However, we have to keep away from it as much as we are capable. I just wanted to add in that the shaitan tricks are so smart that now our students are used to of it when they do maths, they have to have some earplug. And they are busy. They said, not just math, auntie. Any subject, yeah. Any subject and their one ear is plugged all the time. And now the words have been even changed. If you want to say that you are looking good, you are looking sad. Or you are so sick. Oh, you're so, you know, bad words have been good and good yes. words have been bad. Yes, very true. And, and we don't realize it. Very true. Imam Abu Hanifa, the Hanafi school of thought, they hold the strictest view with respect to music. Their view is that music is detested and it is considered sinful. Imam Malik, he was asked about singing with music and he said, in fact, that is done by sinful ones. Imam Shafi'i, he said, verily, singing with music is loathsome. It is makruh. It resembles batil, meaning it's very similar to what is falsehood. Because in whose culture do you see all this singing and music? I mean, it's fuhish culture, right? Imam Ahmad, he said, singing sprouts hypocrisy in the heart. It doesn't please me. I don't like it. Who can say that? The one who likes the Qur'an. The one who likes the dhikr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The thing about music is that it also affects you subconsciously. So a while ago, like 15 years ago, a bunch of teenagers in their basement, they were listening to music, and they were smoking, and then they just killed each other, like, just randomly, right? So their parents, instead of suing, like, the cigarette company or the gun company, they actually sued the band that they were listening to because there were some subconscious, like, messages in there. So some people like who just listen to music while studying, they just say that, oh, I like the tune, it helps me study. And then they wonder why like their vocab is getting so dirty and whatever. Like Music is going to affect you even if you don't want it to affect you. It's going to affect your thinking. Assalamu alaikum. I was thinking how when we're kids and we hear these songs and music and then we, you know, they're always around everywhere. They're playing the malls and then you hear them on the radio and you know what they sound like and then when you're older and you hear them again and you're listening consciously you realize how dirty they actually were and as a kid you had no idea yes, that is so true that little kids 8 years old 10 years old, 12 years old they're singing songs just because they heard them and they don't even know what they're saying they don't even know what they're talking about if we look at like the evolution of music and like this outspread of like these huge sins like porn and like masturbation and all that like disgusting stuff like and homosexuality it only like spread really a lot after music really started to become popular and more upbeat i mean if you think about it a certain genre of music what is it all about it's 
filth. That's what it is. I mean, in music videos, what do you see? It's either alcohol or a lot of girls or a lot of nakedness, a lot of money that is being splurged. What is that? What kind of culture is it promoting? Is it decency that is being promoted? Not at all. I was just thinking with regards to uh, musical nasheeds, because that's where the problem can start if you don't listen to music already, if you say it's okay to listen to the musical nasheeds. It sort of brings the question of, is your heart being softened to the music or to the remembrance of Allah? Because can't you just listen to something that's without the musical instrument? Very true. We know that certain instruments are seen as, like, you know, we know that they're haram. Like, what about instruments that are... So, for example, you know, duff. Yeah. I mean, we do see that it was used at the time of the Prophet ﷺ and he did not prohibit it. So it's okay. However, that doesn't mean that with the duff there's also these things that are attached with make an extra chin-chin-chin sound. Alright? Or from the duff we move on to any kind of percussion in- instrument. Alright? So basically beating. Whether it's you're beating a piano or beating a something else, whatever it may be. You know, just because a duff was used sometimes, it doesn't mean... Every musical instrument is okay. Alright? It could be electronically produced. It could be produced with the mouth even. Okay? You know, this is the thing. When you like something, you will find a way of making it legitimate. Right? What is the point? What is the reason why this is something that we have not been encouraged to do? If music was really good for us, you think the Prophet ﷺ would not encourage it? If it was good, why would he not encourage it? Why would he not use it? It has good in it, but the evil is more. The danger is more. This is why we have to keep away from music, whether it's being produced by the mouth of somebody or the changing bang, you know, banging something or whatever. We have to keep away from it. Because it all produces the same feelings. This is just like the Jews, they said we're not fishing. But they put their nets on Friday and they took them out on Sunday. So we say, oh, we're not using a musical instrument. We're just producing the same sounds with our mouths. And we are producing the exact same songs, the exact same lyrics, but the background noise is not a drum, it's my mouth. What's the difference here? I mean, you can't say that it's haram. Okay, when it comes to vocals. You can't say that it's haram. But when you hear that kind of Sound, whether it's coming, you know, it's beatboxing or it's something else. What kind of feelings is it producing in you? What is it moving you to do? So this is something that we need to be careful about. And remember that music is something that you cannot get rid of until you taste the Qur'an. Until you find the Qur'an to be the source of, you know, stirring your soul and touching your heart moving your feelings, until the Qur'an enters your heart, music cannot go away. And many people will attest to this. That they were addicted to music. However, when they started listening to Qur'an, and reading it, and studying it, that music just disappeared from their life. It literally disappeared. They didn't have to take any conscious steps. And I see lots of smiles in this room right now, because this is something that is experienced not just by one person, but by many people. You see, we have hearts, right? And we have emotions. And they need to be touched. They need to be moved. Feed your heart the right thing. Once you feed your heart the right thing, your heart will be satisfied. Once it is satisfied, it doesn't need garbage music. 
There's a lot of studies out there where they try to show the benefits of music. A lot of the times what they're really, the studies are actually showing is not like the general music. It's people who have attained skills to be able to play the classical musics and instruments. But if you compare that, I don't think there's an official study done yet, but like you've seen people who have become hafad. SubhanAllah, their level of intelligence, their level of being able to just memorize, remember things, just basic things, they're automatically increased. Like there's just a lot of studies that prove that music and math are somehow related. You know, your skills, mathematical skills. But again, it's because of the ability to play the instrument. It's not the listening of the music yes. itself. Yes. And if you look at it, again, the benefits of becoming a hafad are so much greater. Yes. You're, automatically, you're, you know, your memory has increased. Your uh, just academic skills in general, you're able to think in broader terms. You're able to remember more, amass more information, learn it quickly, attain skills quickly. And this is just, uh, you know, the actual academic benefits. We're not even talking about physical and spiritual benefits of the Qur'an. Yes. Uh, and again, if you do hear studies about that, it's not listening to music that makes it better. It's being able to play the instrument. Yeah. So just keep so that in mind. So any benefit that music would bring you, Qur'an will bring you more benefit. It will bring you more benefit. Anyway, we should really complete the ayah. وَأَجْلِبْ عَلَيْهِمْ بِخَيْلِكَ وَرَجِلِكَ وَأَجْلِبْ And gather. عَلَيْهِمْ against them. بِخَيْلِكْ With your horsemen or your horses. وَرَجِلِكْ And your soldiers. أَجْلِبْ is from جِيم لَامْ بَا جَلْبْ And جَلْبْ is to get, to bring. And إِجْلَابْ is to gather together. Okay? جَلْبَ means to scream. Now when a horse is being made to run, because أَجْلِبْ عَلَيْهِمْ بِخَيْلِكْ Who are خَيْلْ? Horses. When a horse is being made to run, what do you have to do? Order it. You have to make some noise. So usually the horseman or whoever is riding the rider, what will he do? He will make noise. In horse races, what do they have? Something that will make noise. Sometimes they will bind, you know, attach a child or something that was kidnapped from somewhere to a running horse or a running camel or something. Why? Because when the child will scream, the horse will run faster. This is true. It happens even now. So, meaning make noise and gather and amass against people to incite them, to push them towards wrong. What should you use against them? Khail and Rajil. What is Khail? As I mentioned to you, horses or people on horses. And Rajil is a plural of Rajil. Who is Rajil? The one who is walking. So basically employ all of your forces. Gather all of your forces against people. All of your forces, whether they are fast or they are slow. Attack people, lead them astray through various means. And that's exactly what shaitan does. وَشَارِكْهُمْ And have a share with them. فِي الْأَمْوَالِ وَالْأَوْلَادِ In their properties and their children. Take a share of their wealth and their children. What does that mean? That people, they will strive to make money. And they will literally ruin their lives in raising their children. But who will take advantage of them? Iblis will. There are two blessings that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given us in this life. Al-mal wal-banoon. Amwal and awlad, wealth and children. Why? Because with these blessings, we can do good and we can leave good for ourselves. So that in our lives, we send something good for ourselves in the akhirah and when we die, this good, it continues through our wealth, the correct use of our wealth and the correct guidance and teaching and training of our children. However, when shaitan takes a share of a person's money and of his children, then what happens? person is striving to make money. But where is that money going? In whose pleasure? In whose obedience? Shaitans. 
Is that money going to benefit a person in the akhirah? No. So for example, a person earns a thousand dollars and then he spends it in the way of Allah and he's showing off. He obeyed shaitan. Shaitan had a share in that. Now that thousand dollars that a person spent, is he going to get reward for it? It's wasted. Children, شَارِكُمْ فِي الْأَمْوَالِ وَالْأَوْلَادِ How does shaitan take a share in children? But first of all, in the way that they are conceived. The Prophet ﷺ said that when one of you wants to have intercourse, then let them say, بِسْمِ اللَّهِ أَلَّهُمَّ جَنِّبْنَ الشَّيْطَانِ وَجَنِّبِ الشَّيْطَانَ مَا رَزَقْتَنَا And basically seek refuge with Allah against the shaitan. At that time also remember Allah. Just imagine. And if a person does not, then who is going to partake? Shaitan. Who is going to have an effect on that child? If the mother, if the woman conceives, shaitan. Because the hadith continues that if a child is decreed for them from that, then shaitan will never harm him. But if a person forgot to remember Allah at that time, then shaitan will certainly harm that child. Likewise, some people, they kill their children in obedience to shaitan. Shaitan tells them, abort. It's okay, whatever. Finish. Kill. And people kill. In naming the child, giving such a name that does not please Allah, rather it pleases shaitan. In dedicating children to a wrong purpose, a false purpose, a wrong way, not doing proper tarbiyah of the children. You're feeding them, you're buying clothes for them, you're teaching them, you're teaching them so many things, you're growing up day after day, but you don't even tell them about Allah. You don't put iman in their hearts, you don't guide them to the right way, you don't tell them the importance of you know, salah and the importance of speaking the truth. You just leave them. They will choose when they grow up, they will learn themselves. Let them watch whatever, let them go wherever. Who's going to lead them then? Shaitan will. وَشَارِكُمْ فِي الْأَمْوَالِ وَالْأَوْلَادِ وَعِدْهُمْ And promise them. Make promises with people. That if you do this, you will get this. You do this, you will get this. Promise them. But the promises of shaitan, what does Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala say about them? Read the ayah. وَمَا يَعِدْهُمُ الشَّيْطَانُ إِلَّا غُرُورًا And shaitan does not promise them except deception. Meaning the promises of shaitan, they're fake. They have no reality. You know, Iblis, he actually tells his shayateen who work for him, that if you work for me, you follow me, you will go to paradise. And they actually believe that. And if you think about it, people also who are doing anything wrong, aren't they so convinced that what they're doing is actually good? Will actually benefit them? So, وَمَا يَعِدُمُ الشَّيْطَانُ إِلَّا غُرُورًا In the Qur'an, what do we learn? الشَّيْطَانُ يَعِدُكُمُ الْفَقْرُ Shaytan. Threatens you with poverty. That if you give sadaqah, you will become poor. But is that true? No. What shaitan tells us is false. It is not true. Inna ibadi. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said something at that time. That indeed my servants, those who hold on to me, those who seek me, those who seek help from me, those who love me, those who don't have a barrier between me and them. Inna ibadi. لَيْسَ لَكَ عَلَيْهِمْ سُلْطَانِ You will have no authority over them. Try as much as you want. Go against them with your horses and your men. Use your, employ all your forces against them. Go try to shake them and stir them with whatever. But you cannot lead them astray. Because the one who holds on to Allah, then he's got the most strongest support. وَكَفَى بِرَبِّكَ وَكِيلًا How amazing. Sufficient is your Lord. As a wakil, meaning someone to be relied upon. If a person relies upon Allah, remembers Allah, mentions Allah's name, 
seeks refuge against the shaitan with Allah, then Allah will protect him. Allah will defend him. And shaitan cannot harm that person at all. So what do we learn from all of these ayat? Shaitan is using many ways to lead us astray. Many ways to attack us. He speaks to our heart. He speaks through others. He tempts us. He doesn't leave us. Keeps coming back to us again and again. He tries to have a share of our money, like our food, when we don't say Bismillah. We bought that food, and we don't say Bismillah. Who takes a share of that food, of that money? Shaitan. Right? So, shaitan is out there to harm us. What is your only defense against shaitan? Your one defense against shaitan? What do we learn in this ayah? Inna ibadi. Become Allah's servant. Ubudiyah. Servitude to Allah. The more a person serves Allah, the more humble he becomes before Allah, the more he seeks Allah's help, the more support he will have against shaitan. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect us from the plots of shaitan, open up our eyes so that we see his tricks, and we can save ourselves. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala be our protector. Recitation of these ayat. قَالَ اذْهَبْ فَمَنْ تَبِعَكَ مِنْهُمْ فَإِنَّ جَهَنَّمَ جَزَاءُكُمْ جَزَاءً مَوْفُورًا وَاسْتَفْزِزْ مَنِ اسْتَطَعْتَ مِنْهُمْ بِصَوْتِكَ وَأَجْلِبْ عَلَيْهِمْ بِخَيْلِكَ وَرَجِلِكَ وَشَارِكْهُمْ وَشَارِكْهُمْ فِي الْأَمْوَالِ وَالْأَوْلَادِ وَعِدْهُمْ وَمَا يَعِدْهُمُ الشَّيْطَانُ إِلَّا غُرُورًا إِنَّ عِبَادِي لَيْسَ لَكَ عَلَيْهِمْ سُلْطَانٌ وَكَفَى بِرَبِّكَ وَكِيلًا سبحانك اللهم وبحمدك نشهد أن لا إله إلا أنت نستغفرك ونتوب إليك السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته